Welcome to Let's Be Well Together podcast. We're your wellness check-in team. Join us each week or when you can. We enjoy exploring wellness concepts and reminding you to make time for wellness. This is episode 94. It's a new week here on the Let's Be Well Together podcast. It's Elise Seifert, and today I'm joined by Julie Wilson. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Julie? Good, good. We are hoping to focus today on the aspect of mental wellness and how random acts of kindness can help improve your own mental wellness and those of others. I think in the article, it talks about how it reduces stress, improves your emotional well-being, and even benefits our physical health. That's incredible. I know doing something nice for someone else just makes you feel so good. There must be a science to it. I can't explain it. Today, we're going to talk about 20 different acts of kindness that you can perform for others. And this article was found on Mental Health Foundation. The article features 50 acts, but for today, we're just going to focus on the first 20. So our first random act of kindness is to call a friend that you haven't spoken to for a while. Number two, send a letter to a grandparent. Number three, send flowers to a friend. Number four, offer to pick up some groceries for your elderly neighbor. Number five, send someone a handwritten note. Number six, offer to babysit for a friend. Number seven, walk your friend's dog. Number eight, tell your family members how much you love and appreciate them. Number nine, help your parents with household chores. And number 10, help a friend get active. And number 11, make someone laugh. Number 12, offer to cook for a friend or family member. The next, make a cup of tea for a friend or family member. Number 14, help with a household chore at home or for a friend. Then we have host an informal get-together and invite your neighbors to get to know each other. Number 16, tell someone you know that you are proud of them. 17, tell someone you know why you are thankful for them. Number 18, send a motivational text to a friend who is struggling. The next, send someone you know a joke to cheer them up. And finally, number 20, send someone you know a picture of a cute animal. Oh, we need to post this list or I need to post this list and just see it as a reminder every day. It has some incredible reminders and it actually feels a little nostalgic at points because it reminds me of doing things for friends or family that I've done in the past. And I think I should do that again. That's so sweet. Exactly. Exactly. So are there any items in that first 20 that you would like to do as a random act of kindness for someone else? Well, I'm going to turn it around a little bit. What spoke to me today was send someone, you know, a joke to cheer them up. So today I had a couple of meetings and I was just feeling there really isn't a word other than uh or blah. And immediately after my last meeting, one of my colleagues sent through an email and in the email was a cute little animal, but it was a joke and it was just what I needed. And it was the perfect timing because it just appeared in my inbox and I was like, oh, this is what I needed, a good laugh and couldn't have been better in terms of timing. 
It's as if they knew. It's as if that friend knew right? that that's exactly what you needed at that time. Yeah. <laughs> I think, what about you? I think on that list, I would probably choose the first item, which is call a friend that you haven't spoken to for a while. I know that talking with my friends just really fills my bucket, especially when it's someone you haven't talked to in a while because you kind of fall into a rhythm of what you were like when you were friends with them at that time in your life. And I find it's a very... I'm struggling to find the word to describe it. It's a very, not humbling, but just a very fun activity to do for myself. So I think it not only would be kind for them, but also kind for myself, something I can do for myself to help boost my mental health. A hundred percent. And touching base with those relationships, those people that we have built relationships with, it's just good for the soul. Good for the soul. But the list as a whole, it just has so many great ideas of things that you can do for a wide variety of people. And I think they're all very approachable because there are some that don't require a lot of, let's say, prep or a lot of heavy lifting. And then there are some that do require some more prep or heavy lifting. And I think all of the items on the list not only help the people that you're doing the act of kindness for, but also helps yourself. Pay it forward, right? And to touch on what you said, It's true that there are a few on here that may take a little bit of an extra effort. So, you know, writing a note, something like that. But for the most part, these are something that you could easily fit into, as they said, you could do today. So you can easily fit so many of these into your day-to-day. Guests are giving their time, expanding our minds, Today's interview is again in many areas of wellness, including mental, spiritual, intellectual, and more. We're back with Reverend Nora Futon, who's living a rich life, but at 83, Nora was recently diagnosed with terminal cancer, and we spoke to her on an earlier episode about her thoughts and feelings since the diagnosis, and today we're discussing the concept of MAID, M-A-I-D, Medical Assistance in Death, which is something Nora is considering. Hello, Nora. Hello. Nora Futon is retired and she's a United Church minister. She studied music at University of Calgary and obtained her Master's of Divinity from Emmanuel College at University of Toronto. Some experiences include growing up in the Brantford area, five years as a vocal coach and assistant conductor with an opera in Dusseldorf, Germany, sheep farming in Brant County, and leading a cappella choir. She's active politically and was a Green Party candidate. Her husband, Horace, who passed away in 2018, was born in Germany. Nora has two daughters, a stepson, and three grandchildren. So, Nora, I'd like to focus our chat about your own thoughts without getting into the larger issues surrounding medical assistance and death, such as whether it's moral or whether it should be permitted. In today's world, in our country, it is permitted, and you are considering it. And I'm hoping to hear more about your thoughts about it. So why are you considering MAID? I'm considering made because I feel that it uh, gives me the opportunity to uh, make a decision about how long I want to live, especially if I get to the point where the quality of life, which I'm presently enjoying and have always enjoyed, if that quality of life becomes severely impaired, I'm not interested in going through it. I'm not interested in a lot of pain 
and I'm not interested in having to be cared for 24-7 particularly. And I think it's a good feeling to know that there's this opportunity to take your destiny into your own hands and make up your own mind. Just as we have free will all through life, you know, I think that particularly nowadays where medicine can keep us going forever and ever, uh, it's very important that we have the right to say enough already. You know, I've had what I need. There is a challenge to it in the sense that you almost have to probably give instructions in advance because there might come a point where the incapacity makes it also difficult for you to express the, the desire, okay, now? Yes. So how do, you, how do you think about that? Well, actually, I have, in fact, completed all the forms for this, and one of them is an advanced consent. Uh, in the event that, say, I've had a bad stroke and I, my, my brain isn't working or I can't speak or whatever, yeah, uh, that they have this written consent of mine, that this is, in fact, this is new. Uh, until recently, that was not possible. And uh, there is a danger with that. It's a slippery slope, that's for sure. I, I could end up, my family might decide, let's get rid of the old girl and get her <laughs> money, right? And so that could happen if, if, if it's not my consent. Normally, though, what happens is that the doctor comes and asks me again, is this what you want? And I hopefully will be able to say quite clearly, yes, this is my wish. This is what I want. And how did you learn about the process? How did you educate yourself? Well, about I it? have been reading about it as it went through Parliament and all, all the various stages of, of creating legislation and law. Uh, I think the first time that I really began thinking about this was the story of, do you remember Sue Rodriguez? Well, I do, because as a weird coincidence, when I was a law student mm -hmm. in, the, in the 90s, I did a moot, which is kind of a fake court hearing, yeah. and I had to argue that case. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so, so you know... We argued you know. both sides of that case. Yes, yes. Well, it, it got me thinking about the whole issue. Just, I, just for context, for the listeners, that was a case where somebody had sought to get the right to die. Yes, yes. She had severe handicap issues, as I remember it. Was it ALS or something like that? Shoot, I can't remember. I should. Yeah, okay. But uh, something that actually was probably more severe than what I'm facing at the moment, although we don't know how this is going to end, right? I had the privilege about two years ago of being at a funeral for a man who had chosen maid. And uh, it was it was very, very interesting. The people who spoke at the funeral were his family members who had been there at the time of the, of the procedure. His grandson spoke and was really quite funny about the whole thing because uh, the, the man who died had a weird sense of humor and so he cracked a joke. That was his last word, you know. But there was a, such a sense of calmness and... Uh, how shall we put this, of, of closure, I guess is what I'm talking about, as the way this had unfolded. I was not there for the procedure, but I, I heard about it. And the family was very happy about it. And since then, I've heard many people say that being involved with that at the end of someone's life is a really moving experience. When you say closure, are you speaking about the perspective from the person who died or the family or both? Both. I see. Yes. Now, I just happen to know 
I've known some people who used MAID too. And in, mm-hmm. in one case, members of the family could not accept it. Yes, well, that would be a problem. Do you sense that that's going to be an issue with you? No, it's not. We've already talked about it. As soon as I got the diagnosis, I made it clear to my three children, and not to the grandchildren particularly, but to the others, that uh, that would be my preference if it gets to the point where I can't enjoy my life anymore. Not because I don't love life and all its beauty and all the people that I know and everything, but uh, there is going to be an end anyway, and so I prefer to be able to make my own decision. I think this is two questions, because it could be family and not family, but would it matter what you think other people will think about it, and or if your family had come back and said, no, don't do this, would that have affected your decision? Well, to a certain extent, it did, because they all said, we don't want to lose you yet. And that was part of my decision when I decided to accept some chemotherapy on a trial basis. Uh, So that's fine. But at the same time, no, I don't worry. I certainly don't worry about people outside of the family. They, if they don't like it, that's too bad. (laughs) But uh, the family, basically, they uh, have respect for me. And so they support my decision. Now, I don't have no idea when this might be, or even if it will be. There's no compulsion having signed on for me. I don't have to follow through with it, but I don't want to. Well, how does that work? So, for example, you've got, started to go through a process. Yes. And, and what would be kind of the trigger to take it to that stage? The trigger to take it to that stage is that I contact them and say, this is time. And at that point, are you asked any questions? Do you speak with a doctor? No, because I've already had two doctor interviews. Okay. And I was advised, actually, by my daughter, who works with a lot of people in healthcare, that uh, it's a good idea to get it all set up right away. Especially Uh, when you're full faculties and... Yes, exactly. Go ahead and get it set up. And the people that interviewed me all made it very clear, you don't have to go through with this. In fact, many people who do sign on for me do not actually end up going through it. I know of one colleague who was going to use MAID, and he actually died before they got to it. So, uh, you know, you just don't know how it's going to work out. But the doctor who will be doing the procedure is, she said to me, um, just call and we'll set it up as you wish. It can be at home, can be in a... They have a special room in the hospital, for instance, for this, or wherever you wish, basically. And I've told my kids that, that, that I have signed on for that. But at the moment, I'm walking around, I'm weeding in the garden, I'm eating a lot of liquids, but, <laughs> uh, you know, this is not the right time. And the doctors who interviewed me both said, you will know when the time is right. Was there any kind of throwing cold water in your face, telling you about possible downsides? No, no. No kind of saying you should have a sober second thought? No. So what what would the interview kind of cover, just to make sure? Well, the interview was simply to know who I was, what I had, uh, what my life, way of looking at life is, and uh, how I've normally lived my life, that kind of thing. So they're kind of getting a sense that you're making a free decision, but oh, by the same absolutely. token, they're not trying to direct you in any... No, no, there was absolutely nothing of that. In fact, they made it very clear that it's entirely my decision. And if I decide not to go through with it, that's my decision. 
But if I phone up and say, I would like to do it this Saturday, that's also my decision. So you've told us some of the ways you think it could be beneficial. What I want to ask you is both, are there more on the pro side? And what about the downside? Have you thought about downsides? Actually, I can't see a downside, to be perfectly honest. I, uh, I think it a lot of the planning would be, uh, I would want the family to be there. And I would like us to have a meaningful conversation beforehand. Maybe listen to some music that I like. So you're talking about the day of. The day of, right, exactly. And um, Can I just back up a bit? Right now, fortunately, there's some optimism and mm-hmm. the drugs could work and you can be going on walks for many more months. Yeah. So skip forward and imagine a time where you're like, mm, now I'm thinking about it. Would you kind of call a family conference? Would you make your own mind up? What would that point be? Not the day I, of. Yes. Yeah, not the day of. I would certainly consult the kids beforehand, yes, or inform them is probably right. the way I'm thinking. I would tell them that, you know, I and explain why, why I think that the, my quality of life is not going to be good again. And why, therefore, I would like to to take things into my own hands, as it were. And it sounds like they'd be supportive. They will accept it. I don't know that they're happy about it, but they will accept it, yes. So now I have to fight back some instincts because it's hard to ask these questions. Yeah, that's okay. um, So let's now talk about the day of. So how how would you see that if if it could unfold the way you envisage it? Well, of course, if if it was the way I would envisage it, it would be absolutely gorgeous weather, (laughs) right? Right. It wouldn't be winter, (laughs) but uh, realistically. uh, You'd see a blue sky and birds flying about. A blue sky and birds flying about. And yes, right, exactly. and everybody healthy and able to be there. And no, um, would you have music? You know what? I wakened in the morning the other day, and in my mind, I had the Sanctus from the Bach B minor Mass going on in my head. I thought, "Yep, that's the one. That's the one." We'll play that on the record and then, yeah. I think if I had a choice, I'm not sure if I would be involved in MADE, but if I knew I was, mm. it was the day of, I, I definitely would pick some of my favorite songs and I yes. can imagine what some of them yeah, might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I like that piece because it expresses, first of all, my understanding of who God is, but also just a celebration of the wonders of creation and, and of life. And Sorry, can you just say it again? It's the Sanctus, like holy, holy, okay. holy. It's from the Mass. Gotcha. And unlike some Sanctus, which are written in a reflective way, this one is like drums and trumpets and full chorus and yes. Will there be somebody holding your hand? Will you be just close your oh, eyes? Oh, yes, and- I, would th- I would think so. Um, in fact, I think that is normal that people gather, particularly my two daughters, you know. It is an injection. There's an injection which calms you, and then there's another injection which is the actual poison. And uh, So by the time you get that second one, you may just be totally relaxed. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't take very long, apparently, for the poison right. to work. Uh, so that would be a bit of a shock for the family. I, I think 
note to self, I better tell them exactly what to expect. It's sorry, but it's just it does sound a little odd just putting it on the to do list. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. I know, context. I know, I know. But how else do you remember, right? Eh? No. Well, thank you so much, Nora. It's just it's such a personal decision, and it's very nice of you to talk about it so other people can hear what you're thinking. There may be other people who start going down that road themselves, and it, it's good for them to hear the experiences of another person. So we're at the end again, and as you know from last time, we ask every guest the same question. We're a show that talks about many areas of wellness, and most of us aren't able to keep them all going at any given time, so we do a mini wellness check-in. Are you currently neglecting an area of wellness in your life? And if so, can you think of even one thing you can do to foster wellness in that area? The source of strength for me is what they call contemplation or meditation. And I often don't take as long to do that as I should. And it would be, particularly in these circumstances, I think it's very important to... I do take a little time every morning. But I've got a real monkey brain. It's really hard to focus <laughs> you on. You and me both. Spin, <laughs> uh, spin, spin. You know, so, so, you know, I would hope that as time goes on, I will be able to slip into that contemplative mode more easily and uh, just let go and let God, as they say. Well, the listeners are going to start to doubt me because many people have, when I ask this question, they talk about meditation. And many times I've said, I got to start getting learning and more about it. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult for me because my mind races. But I do. I recently got a book to read about it. So I hope that I can start getting to the point where I'm doing that type of contemplation and mm -hmm. meditation. And I wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you very much. I'm Cameron, and welcome to another installment of The Adventures of the Starving Artist. It was a cold, damp November night, the 28th in the year 2016, and I was in Cambridge, Massachusetts with my three bandmates, Billy, Rhett, and McGaunt. We were about to take the stage and perform our first show as the band, Emissivity, and we were feeling good about it. We had the good kind of pre-show nerves, not the actual nervous kind, but the excited kind, the energy in the room was electric, lots of our friends were there to show support, and we were sharing the stage with two other awesome bands, also built up of our friends. So all in all, things were looking good, and we were feeling good about it. There are two important details. One of them is still true, and that is, I wear glasses. The other one, which has changed since then, is that at the time I had quite long hair, it, beyond my shoulders, like it was long. Now, emissivity is what's uh, fits into the musical genre, progressive metal. So there's some singing, there's some shrieking. It's quite technically demanding for the instruments and the voice. Um, and the music moves around a lot. So very much my speed, super fun to perform, lots of fun writing the tunes. And my three bandmates were all powerhouses at their instruments. So we really were a pretty solid team. So we get into our songs and we're, we're getting through our set. And one of our tunes, which is called Collapsia, Part two, yeah, it's a two-parter, uh, is really heavy and features a section called a breakdown. So for the uninitiated, um, the tempo tends to drop. Um, things get a little more sparse, but it feels really heavy and the energy is really big. And it's typical in the metal world to do some stage stuff in moments like that. And at this particular show, uh, in this moment, Billy, who also had very long hair, 
and a Viking beard, which was pretty majestic. Anyway, Billy and I were headbanging, so moving our heads around and moving our hair around to the music, and we were engaged in something called a windmill, which is kind of like what it sounds like. Uh, It's where you move your head in a rotary fashion and cause your hair to fan out like the blades of a windmill. Very circular, very energetic, very fun. It's easy to get dizzy if you do it wrong. So we're doing this, and we get pretty into it, and all of a sudden, I can't see anything because my glasses had flown off somewhere into the darkness side stage. And, you know, anyone in the performing arts will tell you, the show must go on. So I kind of, oh, geez, you know, I don't know where my glasses are. Oh, well, and rocked the rest of the show without them. Um, Pro tip, though, when you're on stage like that, you can't really see past the first row, two, maybe three rows of people because of the way the lights shine back at you and, and all that stuff. So it wasn't like I wasn't seeing or missing anything visually. Um, but for anyone in the audience who was really paying attention, it must have been kind of funny because I had my glasses on, I was doing a move, and then when I stopped moving my head, all of a sudden I didn't have my glasses on. So who knows? Just one of those fun things. I miss those guys. It was a good show. Great band. I'm still in touch with them occasionally. Um, you might remember from a while ago, I this is a while ago now, I told you about uh, my friend who was doing sound design for video games and had me doing some weird, scary spider noises. So that's McGaunt. He was uh, the founding member of Emissivity. Anyway, that's my little uh, stage story for you from way back in 2016. I hope you're having a great week and uh, enjoying the fall weather. That's all for me. I'm Cameron. This is The Starving Artist. Until next time. We love our listeners and thanks for joining us. Please help spread the word about Let's Be Well Together podcast. Follow us and rate us on Spotify, Apple, Google, or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram at let's.be.well.together and let your friends know about us. Move that body like we're meant to do. We often share our experience that doing something is better than doing nothing. Yep. Example happened on a vacation. We were up in our place in Collingwood and it looked like the weather was going to be sketchy all week, but Mm -hmm. we didn't have any fixed plans. We didn't have a fixed itinerary. We were just going to get up and do stuff. So one day, one of the early days we wake up and it's really windy. Like I'm pretty sure when I looked at the um, weather network thing, it said, Wind 39 with gusts up to 60 kilometers an hour. So windy. The trees were like bent over. It was so <laughs> windy. And cool. Like it wasn't freezing, but it, because of the wind and the coolness, I'm going to say like four or five degrees. Yeah. Now you have to remember that in Collingwood, there's quite a bit of water. Right. So when you're near the water, oh man, the wind, it was just like open air. Can't even imagine being in the water, like on a boat or anything. It was so windy and a little cold. So old me, the inclination would have been time to stay inside, but Mm -hmm. that's not me now. It's like, hey, Sheila, I know that it's not great weather out, but there's, I have this book about trails and we want to get to know the city and I wouldn't mind trying to walk some of the trails that this book is showing me. And some of them are away from the water, but there's one like you start along the water. Mm -hmm. And so we did this crazy long hike. Yeah, we decided let's, let's do this hike.
it was well crazy long. it was eight kilometers but if you're walking you know especially if you're in trails that's almost two that's hours. a good amount yep we cut it down just a teeny bit but we went out and my goodness when we first started <laughs> it was so windy along the water it was so windy and that was the first and i was just like oh no like because you worry about the wind you know is it in your back or is it in your face i was sure that we were going to turn around and just not be able to move like just be pushing against the wind pushing pushing plus but, we're both so stubborn the first part was a really windy part i'm not stubborn okay you say that but we're both so stubborn <laughs> that both of us i know we're thinking the same thing which is this is not going to defeat me i'm going to do yeah this we're walk. gonna do this but, we may not enjoy it but we're doing it but about a kilometer along the water i was like this is not a lot of fun <laughs> it was, i mean it's good i I like seeing what I'm seeing, but this is not exactly perfect. It was kind of nice in the sense that we didn't have a lot of people out there. That's true. It was right? kind there, of pleased to ourselves. Yeah, because it was a Sunday. So there's often, you know, dog walkers and kids and bikes. and But there wasn't because everyone else was like, I'm not going out in this weather. But we put our hats and our mitts and our coat on and out we go. And then we turned away from the water and now we started into these paths that are amazing paths right inside Collingwood. One runs along, I think it's called the Pretty River. Mm -hmm. And then you hang a right and you go beside a trail line and then you, there's mm -hmm. another really nice path. Like it's actually a almost like a little road, Yeah, but it's between lots of trees. Mm -hmm. And that goes all the way back to the start in downtown mm -hmm. and not much wind no. because we're enclosed now. It was so great was really, really nice. And it was so nice to see that side of Collingwood because it was kind of downtown. And I love the fall in Ontario, seeing mm -hmm. the, the leaves change colors. Mm -hmm. It would have been so easy just to stay inside our house, but instead we're out there, we're beside a river, we're seeing some animals, we see the changing leaves. You can kind of feel everything just making you go, ah, oh, I feel mm -hmm. better. And smells. And I really love when... You go on a hike and it's in a loop. I like the Do fact you? that, yes, I like being able to start where you finish. Okay, but not like a there and back, but an actual loop. Exactly. Okay. Not a there and back, a, a loop. That way it's just, you continue going. You don't know where halfway is. You're just going and enjoying and watching. And then all of a sudden you're done. It's like, True. wow, that wasn't so bad. I guess because of all the running I do, I'm used to the there and back too. So I don't mm -hmm. mind it too much as long as it's a nice view. Mm -hmm. But that was a really cool loop, actually. It was. I really enjoyed it. What was your favorite part? Well, just before I say that, though, the other cool thing about it was you only get to do the first one one time. Right. Right. And so it was really kind of neat being surprised by stuff like, oh, wow, look at this. Oh, mm -hmm. wow, look at that. I think my favorite part of it was because of the day. It might have been different. It was a beautiful day because I like walking along the lake water, the lake waterfront, mm -hmm. kind of the beach. Mm -hmm. But I think because of the weather, possibly I loved walking beside the river because I love water and I love forest. Mm -hmm. And it was an elevated mm -hmm. Very. walk. So the river was probably about 30 or 40 feet below us, just mm -hmm. to our left. So you could, you could walk and you could see the stream. It looked different at different times. Mm, definitely. And you just hear a little bit of the water. You see the water. You're walking. I really like that. Now, the downside there was you could see some houses on the right-hand side mm -hmm. for most of it. The backyards, yep. So, And because I, we were elevated, you could see right, right into their backyards. Like if people were in their backyard, it would feel like we're invading their privacy. And there was a really nice section between, beside a kind of a dilapidated trail line that's not in use. But mm -hmm. unfortunately, that was only about, I don't know, 500 meters. Yeah, So it just probably. wasn't long enough. Mm -hmm. What about you? Well, I really liked walking along the water, seeing the people 
parasailing? I don't know. What were they doing? Yeah, I'm not sure. They, they're on like a hydroplaning board hydroplane, because yeah. it lifts out of the water. Yeah. But and they just are physically holding on to this sail, so it's not like a wind sail attached to the board. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they call it. And that. there had to be at least ten of them out there. Yeah. So I don't know if it was a group or a class, or I thought it would have been too windy for this or too cold. But they all had their wetsuits on, and they were out there, and they seemed to really be enjoying themselves. So I think that was my favorite part. Even though it was like super cold, super cold, and super, super cold windy, and they're like, "Yay, this is perfect for us." It's like. So I guess so the, much ups- fun. the upshot of all this is the move that body lesson we learned for us is that blustery cold day doesn't mean you can't move that body. In yeah. fact, if you do, you might get a lot of rewards from yeah. it. There's a thought. Popped up while running. I interviewed Dr. Sharish Nathwani a couple times, many episodes ago, about the Hindu religion. It's something I don't know much about. So I was trying to get a better understanding of it. He said something that keeps popping back into my thoughts, and it's about the goal to be childlike and not childish. I think I'm going to come back to this theme from time to time because I think about it a lot, and I'll give you a couple examples. I've also, in speaking with people, heard about this concept of unlearning at school. By example, children are naturally curious and they try and explore things. People theorize that they unlearn that because of the process in which we go to school. So they become less childlike in that sense. I read an article recently that had a definition of genius that related to creativity and exploring and finding stuff out. And they followed a group of kids over many years. And they started off with them, I'm going to guess, I can't remember exactly, but let's say kindergarten. And let's say like 85% of the kids fit into that definition of genius at the time five years later the percentage dropped a ton and 10 years later it dropped even more and by a certain point it was like two percent so nobody was creative anymore and that's one kind of way where i think wouldn't it be nice to be more childlike another one has to do with kind of the freshness and the innocence and the the being so excited about new things. And so I often think about a kid, you know, if you're in a park and you see some kids there and like their minds are like blown by the smallest things. They see an animal run by and they laugh or they, they look up and they see something to do with a tree or whatever they see. It's just like, wow, they're full of wonder and excitement. And wouldn't it be nice if we could have that feeling, even though we learn stuff, like why can't we still see stuff and notice new things and, and have that kind of wonder feeling for it. So I get that you don't want to be childish in the sense that that's kind of got a negative connotation about, you know, maybe being undisciplined or not doing the right thing. But how can we start to think more about what it means to be childlike in that kind of wonder and innocence sense? And is it possible, even if we've unlearned so much, that we can start to get back to that feeling? Wouldn't that be nice? Um, Just let me say, flip side of the coin. Hello, so today this is Stephen and Elise, and we're here for a flip side of the coin. Hey, Stephen. Hey, so we have a story that we wanted to share with you today, and we find it funny now, but in the moment, it was horrifying for both of us. (laughs) Horrifying, embarrassing. Ah, yes, maybe horrifying and embarrassing. (laughs) But super funny now. So let's paint the scene. We were in France. Well, why were we in France, Elise? (laughs) Well, we were there to attend a wedding. A university friend of mine was getting married. He is a Canadian, 
and he was marrying a woman from Australia. And they are settled in Australia now, but they decided to get married in France so that they weren't kind of choosing one place to get married. So half of their guests didn't have to travel. Everyone had to travel if they chose to. And they were also very avid travelers. So I think they were excited for the idea of a wedding abroad. So there we were in the Loire Valley about to attend a wedding at a chateau in France. Yes. So I want to preface the story that it is a chateau, not any wedding. This is a to the nines kind of wedding that the friend had to be stopped from having it a black tie affair. So that's how nice he wanted this to be. That's right. He wanted to put black tie only on the invitations, but his fiance thought "Mm, that might deter people from coming. So let's just make it formal attire. So we had to pack a lot for this trip because we decided to make it a three week trip in Europe. We figured if we're going to Europe, why not make it worth it? I had driven down to the States. We were flying out from Ohio. I met Stephen where he was living at the time in Akron, Ohio. And we were going through all of our clothing, kind of trying to figure out if we overpacked. Right. So hard choices had to be made. And we both settled that we were going to bring one nice outfit each. I checked all my things. I had my jacket looked good. My shirt looked good. My tie matched. Pants, the shoes, the socks, everything. Everything looked great. And we figured we're only, this is only one day that we're going to be wearing this outfit So we didn't want to take up too much space. And coming down to Ohio, I did bring two dresses. The first dress was my first choice. And I had worn it actually at another wedding that we had just gone to in the spring. So I knew it fit. I knew it worked. And the second one was kind of my backup. And I decided I'm just going to leave the backup here in Ohio. No problem. I know the first dress fits. I think you might already see that this is going (laughs) in a direction that... uh Ends in catastrophe. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So we get to the day of the wedding. And oh, did I mention that I had a special part in the wedding, Stephen? No, not yet. What was your special part? I was the MC, So I was definitely going to be seen. And I had to speak in front of the entire wedding. So I knew I wanted to look good. I was really excited about this dress. I did my hair. I did my makeup. I was ready to go. I go to put on the dress. I ask Stephen to zip it up. And boom, the zipper breaks. Now, I don't know if you know anything about panic, but I had deep set panic at that time. And I was trying not to show it. So I looked at Elise and I said, I'm going to go see if I can find a needle and thread. Well, I walked downstairs and at this point I'm wearing a white shirt. I'm wearing some black shorts, my dress shoes. And I walked down the stairs into the lobby. And all of the guests that are about to attend the wedding are sitting there and they're talking and laughing. (laughs) And you can nearly hear the classical music playing in the background. And suddenly it stops and everybody's eyes are on me. And I look at everyone and I'm nearly sweating and I say, does anybody have any needle and thread? (laughs) And they all look at me and they're wondering, what is this guy talking about? I go to the front desk. They don't have needle and thread. I'm looking and I'm going to each guest. Do you have needle and thread? Do you have anything? Do you have anything? And finally, somebody says, I might have something in my room. So we go up together. So he brings back super glue. Super glue. And we figured we could super glue the dress together. So we try that. And unfortunately, immediately it splits. So Elise says, 
super glue it to my skin. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what do you want me to do? Super glue it to my skin. This so dress we needs to stay super on. glue it to her skin <laughs> and it's sticking. And I'm thinking this might just work. We might just pull this off. <laughs> so we get downstairs. We get on the bus that's taking us there. I'm the one at the front with the microphone telling everyone about the events of the day. And I sit down and immediately the super glue just unsticks from my body. So the dress is just on my body, not zipped up, not stuck. So just to recap, we're at the exact point we were when we were back in the room. Dress is not on, zipper's not working, super glue is unstuck. <laughs> Fortunately, there was a lovely guest at the wedding who let me use her shawl. And everyone was really supportive. And they were really good spirits about it and thought it was quite funny. And now we have a great story. We do. <laughs> and the moral to that story is... Always check your clothing before packing it for a special event. Please remember that we're not providing advice. We hope to inspire you to work towards balance, and we urge you to consult with qualified people if you need advice. The people on the show are speaking in their personal capacities. Their views expressed are their own, and don't represent the views or opinions of their outside contacts, their employers, or anyone else. We try to get things right, but we can't guarantee everything we say is correct, or that the things we talk about will work for you. Let's be well together, and let's be sure to do that in a safe way. We're at the end of the episode, which makes it sign-off time, and I'm here with Elise and Sheila. Hello. Hey. I had a busy week because I went to a conference. I went to the Federation of Law Associations Conference. It's meetings between people involved in law associations all across province. It was really interesting. I got to meet lots of great people, and there were a lot of interesting topics. But what that meant was for... Monday and Tuesday, I was busy trying to get everything done so I could leave on Wednesday. So that's always stressful. And then I was either driving to get there or at the conference, which means sitting through a lot of presentations and whatnot, and then things going on at night and seeing the emails, ding, 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 and thinking it's going to be really busy when I get back to work. So although lots of great stuff happened, it's a little stressful right now. So I think I'm going to have a very busy work week. I think all I can do is go to bed early tonight and get a really good sleep and get to it tomorrow. But one of the other nice things about the conference was one of our listeners, Pia, was there and she's the executive director of our association. So I spent a lot of time with her and learned a lot more about all the things that she does and how we can help our association and help other associations. How about you, Shil? Well, I too had a very busy week. I was working full time this week on my day job. And I had no John for two nights, so that was a little odd. Plus, we're empty nesters now, so I was home alone. And I think it was like the first time in my life that I've ever been home alone in the house. So I did, I did just fine, thank you very much. And we also have, we're doing some work over at our kids' houses, so that made the weekend busy. So we had a busy work week. I also am having an issue with the time change. I'm finding that I'm really, really tired at night and I'm going to bed really early and then waking up early. And so it's hopefully going to be better this week that I'm getting my body more in time with the correct time that's right now. But I'm also hoping for warm weather this week. I've heard that it's going to warm up. We're not going to have any snow. So hopefully we will have nice warm weather. Maybe I'll even bike to work this week. What about you, Elise? How was your week? Well, I think we have a theme for the week. It was a busy work week for me. <laughs> it seems to be that time of year at my work 
where you keep thinking once this is done, things will get easier. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden there's something else. And then that kind of goes on until Christmas Mm. and it happens every year. And I don't know why every year it's always hard, but I'm in that time right now. So I'm trying to find things to look forward to. So something that I did this week that was really exciting was a new book was released. It's a romance fiction novel. Mm. It's really popular on Instagram and TikTok right now. I'm sure if people are listening and they follow the the series, they'll know what I'm talking about. But I got the second book and I finished it. It was amazing. Mm. And if anyone has read Iron Flame and they want to discuss, I am here to talk about any <laughs> theories or ideas. <laughs> So let me know, because it was really fun. That was something I really looked forward to. Mm, cool. So that's all I have for this week. Hopefully everyone had a wonderful week. I got nothing else. Okay. We hope everyone had an amazing week, and we hope you'll be here next week. That is it for today's show. Please try and make wellness a priority. You deserve it. If you feel the need to talk to someone or ask for help, please do that. Accept yourself for the person you are. So long. Adieu. Auf Wiedersehen. Goodbye.